It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm down in Mobile, Alabama. I'm on scene for the Senior Bowl practices this week where there's plenty of NFL draft talent available at positions of need for the Chicago Bears. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I covered the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're previewing some of the top talent available at quarterback and tight end, as well as one outside linebacker prospect in particular that I think is of particular interest this week that we'll be keeping an eye on at the Senior Bowl practices. Now, the quarterbacks this year will be of particular note in one sense because we don't always have the most talented crop of quarterbacks. Every so often, the most highly sought-after draft prospects at the position will opt not to participate in the Reese's Senior Bowl, but this year we've got a nice variety of talent with some quality names on both rosters. The North team has Shea Patterson from Michigan, Anthony Gordon from Washington State, and Jordan Love from Utah State, but it's really the quarterbacks on the South roster that I'm most interested in, trying to get a little bit of a better sense of in person to see how their game has developed this offseason. And in particular, I think that the two headlines, of course, Justin Herbert from Oregon and Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, both JHs, both potential first-round picks that could be hovering in this second-round pick-type draft range that could be closer and closer to the Bears' range, depending on how things play out and if other guys start moving up the boards. But Herbert will likely be more of a a solid first-round pick where Hurts has some room to fall a little bit more, especially if he doesn't perform well this week. And I think as I've watched Hertz on tape, and I haven't gone through a ton, admittedly. I mean, with with all these Senior Bowl guys, there's there's only so much time to get through all these guys. But I, I find some striking similarities, actually, between Jalen Hertz and Mitchell Trubisky in the sense of how athletic they are. I mean, Jalen Hurts is is a next-level athlete ahead of where Mitchell Trubisky is in terms of speed and in terms of explosiveness, but in the way that they function as quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is a guy that's a little bit more quick to get off of his progression and check down to run and just, if it's not there, take off and run because he knew he was faster than everybody else on the field. But from a from a progression standpoint, at times you see beautiful throws downfield where he'll be able to read the play perfectly, follow that Lincoln-Riley system, and find players open as following through the system. But there were also times when, especially when you get into the red zone and even inside his own 20, where he tried to be the hero and he tried to do so much in the way that Mitchell Trubisky will force things and trust his arm a little bit too much and not really see the play all the way through. So I I see some real similarities there between Hertz and Trubisky in some of those ways that you might not expect. And I'm curious to see in in the mobile setting, not in the Lincoln-Riley offense, how he handles 
a little bit of a different system and, and being maybe asked to do a little bit more as a quarterback and have to be more responsible for his progressions and not just following a system, but maybe improvising and being smart about how he improvises. And to some extent, there's a similar question about Justin Herbert coming out of the Oregon offense, a, a very different offense, but an offense that rather than setting him up with the progressions, it just didn't have him do a lot of progressions. There was a lot of screens, a lot of very quick designed plays where the quarterback doesn't have to make a lot of decisions. And with Herbert's tape, you see quite a bit of, of that, but you, in there you, you sprinkle in the moments where he does make the progressions and he does make the throws downfield. It's just a question of how quickly can he process things because sometimes on those plays it seems like it's a tick slow, in part maybe because he doesn't have to do it all that much. But when you do see the reads and you do see the progressions, you see a very functional quarterback, a little bit of a funky throwing motion, a little bit of a hitch in there, but it's sort of a sense of, okay, how sustainable is all of the non-Oregon stuff, all of the more traditional pro-style quarterbacking that he only did occasionally at Oregon in this senior bowl setting, we'll get a chance of him trying to learn a new offense on the fly, trying to be productive and proficient in picking things up quickly and just get hitting open receivers. It's it's not as as structured in that sense as you're sort of just, you know, you're going through drills and you're trying to see, okay, can he lead a guy properly? Can he get that timing going? And both of these quarterbacks really, I think, have a pretty strong chance to bolster their and cement their positions as potential first-round picks or see themselves drop maybe closer into that Bears range. They're both great athletes, but it's hard to get a sense of just how strong they are mentally. And mental fitness is really important, just like physical fitness. And I know it can be hard for those of us who aren't professional athletes to really keep up with either one. Fortunately, there's Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation that's now teamed up with LeBron James to help train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like the rain or on leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. And when you're done being calm and you're ready to increase your performance and get some of that extra confidence back, then you can take a blue chew. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, it's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, Locked On. You just cover shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 
So whatever the Bears do at quarterback this offseason, we know for sure they need to do something at tight end. The production at that position was nowhere near where it needed to be in Chicago this year. And this tight end class is an interesting group, and there's a, a nice mix of athletes down here in Mobile practicing this week that I'm really excited to see how they match up with linebackers and safeties during coverage drills and how the, you know a lot of different things that we're sort of waiting to see. And there's three guys in particular that I'm, I wanted to keep my eye on for a couple of different reasons. They're, they're all similar athletes and, and you know this sort of new age style of tight end with, with some variation, but generally big and athletic guys for their size that can be productive receivers but ha- have some question marks in there. Let's start with Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Maybe the, I don't want to say a consensus number one tight end because I don't know that there are consensus draft opinions in January outside of Joe Burrow equals number one overall pick and Chase Young equals number two overall pick. But Bryson Hopkins from Purdue is considered one of the best tight ends in this draft class. Really a great athlete for a six foot five guy, really can do some damage after the catch. He, he draws some comparisons, I think, to Evan Ingram just because he really runs routes like a wide receiver, but he's in that tight end body. And, you know, he flexes out quite a bit. You can play him on the wing. You can play him in the slot. You can line him up wide and really be that wide receiver at tight end, kind of somewhat what the Bears wanted Trey Burton to be, but not quite as big and not nearly the blocker. And, and Trey Burton's not a great blocker, but Bryson Hopkins is really not a great blocker. Not that he was totally useless there, but that's an area where you need to see him get stronger, you need to see him get a little bit thicker, and you need to see him have certainly better technique as a blocker. And that's one thing I'd like to keep my eye on this week, although it's hard to get a good sense of guys blocking in in practice and in, in pads and shells in these sort of drill situations where it's not quite the same as a live game. So I, I want to get a sense more for his strength and his and sort of his ability to anchor rather than, you know, really the full blocking technique. But he, Bryson Hopkins also had a, a few drops as well, but I, I'd really just like to see, okay, can he continue looking like, you know, the the truly, I guess, sort of rare type athlete in terms of making plays after the catch? How, how will his route running be against better, you know, best of the best type competition down here in Mobile? And, and if he can sort of cement himself as that number one tight end in this draft class. Because there's a couple other guys that maybe don't have the, I don't want to say the hype, because there's not really hype again at this point in the stage, but maybe not quite the pedigree of Bryson Hopkins in terms of perception. But a guy, Jared Pinckney from Vanderbilt, a huge junior season two years ago, 770 yards, seven touchdowns. He's tall, he's big. I think he's like 6'4", 260, a, a solid receiver, and just not a guy that goes down easy. He's not breaking a lot of tackles, but he's just hard to bring down. Like, he's not going to shake you loose, but he is going to drag you for a three or four further yards than you would like to see. But Vanderbilt's entire offense really fell off this past season, and as did Jared Pinckney with it. and just didn't have anywhere near the production from the year before. And there's some questions about, okay, at, at his size, I mean, I think he's like, what, 6'4", 260. How well is he going to be able to separate against... NFL linebackers and safeties is this a guy that's going to be able to consistently get open or is he just going to have to be a a big body who can catch when you know has some of the size and the length but isn't going to be able to 
break free and be that big play guy because NFL speed is a different beast than even the SEC speed that he was dealing with at Vanderbilt. And, and for a guy as big as he is, I, I would have liked to see him be even more effective as a blocker. I, mean, I think the base skills are there because he's got some of the size and the strength, but I think he just needs to refine a little bit more of the technique, and that's something I'd like to see this week as well when some NFL coaches get their hands on him. What's Jared Pinkney going to be able to do? Can he look more like the junior season guy where there's some injuries in there as well that maybe he held him back as a senior, and can he be back to that level that we were expecting of him? And how about Harrison Bryant? from Florida Atlantic, another 6'5", 240, like a big wide receiver, long arms, and and a man who is surprisingly shifty, elusive, deceptive, makes guys miss after the catch. Pretty darn good speed for that size. Again, he's not running a 4'3", 40, but at 6'5", 240, he can run away from people. He can be a great vertical threat. He can be a lot of what the Bears have wanted from tight ends in their offense. Trey Burton hasn't been able to really make plays after the catch the way you'd like. He hasn't been able to really be that difference maker. And health has likely been a big factor in that. But regardless, the Bears need better at tight end. And and there's some good ones down here in Mobile. The Bears are also going to need some help on the pass rush. And there's an edge outside linebacker here that I'm really interested to see how his trajectory goes because some have him as a potential first-round pick. I I don't know if I'm quite there on him yet, but maybe, just maybe, Senior Bowl could push him up that way, but definitely in the mix right now for where the Bears are picking in the second round. We'll go in-depth on Zach Bond from Wisconsin next on Locked on Bears. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, for those who don't know, I am a University of Wisconsin graduate. And so I'm not biased in favor of Zach Bond because I think after watching him on tape, I'm actually lower on him than some other draft analysts that I've seen. But I do have a particular interest in how he does and, and trying to keep up with him. And I've, I've followed him through his college career. I've interviewed him multiple times. I, I plan on doing that again this week and kind of touching base with a guy who's, you know, spent a lot of his time playing special teams and a deep outside linebacking group at Wisconsin over the last really half a decade. They've had, you know, Joe Schobert, Vince Beagle, TJ Watt all go on to the NFL. Andrew Van Ginkle also in the NFL right now. I mean, four guys in the last five years have been, NFL starters, Vince Beagle and Van Ginkle both started for the Dolphins this year. T.J. Watt, of course, with the Steelers. And then, of course, Joe Schobert with the Cleveland Browns. And Zach Bond is actually already gathering some Joe Schobert comparisons because it's not super clear whether he's better off as an edge rusher or an off-ball linebacker, much like some of the Schobert questions in Cleveland. He's also got some comparisons, I think, to Anthony Barr in that sense as well, where he can rush the passer and he can line up on the edge, but he can also drop back into coverage and can also play sort of a, more of an interior linebacker position and, and win in a lot of different ways. And for him, I, I see a guy who's very good at setting the edge in run defense. The technique is 100% there, gets an arm up in the offensive lineman of the tight end's pads, 
gets low and can sort of, it's sort of like that stab move that Khalil Mack does as a pass rusher, but just holding that spot, holding that edge firm and redirecting the running back inside. You see that very consistently from Zach Bond. Every once in a while, he'll, his, he'll come in with a little bit too high of a pad level and can't quite get his hands inside where he wants them to. But for the most part, a very solid run defender can attack down the line of scrimmage from the edge and make that play on the ball carry if he's unblocked or he can knife inside in between a couple of guys if he's trying to shoot a gap but for the most part his responsibility tended to be more of that contain where he's not trying to necessarily make the big tackle for the loss but just do his job hold his gap and do it very well bond was was above and beyond in run defense in coverage for the most part about as good as you could expect from an outside linebacker I mean, there were times when at the catch point he could be hit with a pass interference where you're not really expecting an outside linebacker to time a perfect jump to break up a pass. But he could turn and run with guys running wheel routes, even you know wide receivers. If, if he's playing more of an outside linebacker position, sometimes Wisconsin, if they'd stay in their base defense but face a sort of a spread look, he would line up almost like a slot cornerback as an outside linebacker and have to trail either a wide receiver or a really athletic tight end. And he did a pretty good job of staying with them. It wasn't as though he was tasked with covering, you know, double moves 20 yards downfield like a cornerback might. But for what you're going to ask either an outside linebacker or an inside linebacker to do, he seems to have a pretty natural feel for staying with guys in man coverage, enough mobility to, to not get totally burned unless you're really going against the fastest of the fast. And, you know, he's got some of the instincts in, in zone coverage. It's not perfect. He's not, you know, a, I wouldn't say he's an elite coverage linebacker but in the good to very good range but all this sort of leaves out the pass rush and that's for me the bigger question with Zach Bond and and why he gets this sort of hybrid edge versus off-ball linebacker distinction because uh, we're we're waiting to see just a, a little bit more you know he was able to have some decent pass rushing production in college but from a a technique and and a pass rushing moves and a repertoire standpoint and really, for me, some of it's from a physical standpoint, too. I don't see necessarily explosive speed or dominant strength. And it's hard to like point to where exactly he can consistently win as a pass rusher because some of it's technique. He's very good with his hands and trying to keep defenders from really grasping onto him. But it's like sometimes when he tries to pull a pass rush move on a guy, he's almost not quick enough like it's not explosive in the move like he's got a decent first step off the line of scrimmage but once he's into his pass rush to sort of hit that second gear and either turn the corner or or make that knife move inside it's it's it seems like he's not always quick enough to get around his guy even if he does exactly what he needs with his hands to keep the guy from latching onto him and slowing him down it's like he, he doesn't get enough like his feet are a little bit heavy on some of his steps, on some of his moves. Like, he's got an inside spin move that he goes to quite a bit. And you'll see it work every once in a while, but it's like even though he's doing what he's supposed to with his hands and, like, the the, the lineman's unable to, like, really keep him from spinning out and, and working to the inside, but he's like he can't spin through and then get around the offensive lineman quickly enough before the move is sort of over and the lineman's able to recover. Similarly, when he tries to take the edge he's got a good chop and a rip up to try and get his arm up and underneath the the offensive lineman's arm but then as he tries to go around the edge he can't quite turn the corner as fast as you would like and I know he said entering this season he was trying to work on his speed moves a little bit more and I just didn't quite see 
enough of that speed and enough of those speed moves to really feel like he's a first round edge rusher. I think he's a he's a more than talented enough football player. He's one of those pure football guys, you know, sort of almost like a, a Nick Kwiatkowski in the sense where it feels like no matter what you ask him to do, he'll be able to do a decent job of it just because he's got the instincts and the smarts and he understands the game and he's got the hustle and he's got, you know, all the intangibles that you want on your defense. But if I'm going to spend a first-round pick on a player that's going to be a preliminary edge rusher, I need him to be a difference-making pass rusher. And and I want to see that from him during this week at Mobile. I want to see him a little bit more explosive. Maybe that means cutting a little bit of weight, but I also want to see him a little bit stronger too. And maybe it's maybe it's more like it's not so much like strength as it is functional strength. Like he doesn't just need to add muscle, but he needs to better use the muscle that he has. And he needs to be able to really move offensive linemen off their spot and be that aggressor. And I mean, he's, he's not that he's not aggressive, but he needs to be the physical, like, punch you in the mouth type edge rusher and it feels like he's more so focused on perfect hand placement sometimes that you just want to see him kind of pop a guy instead of trying to be so technically perfect all the time and, and I think at times linemen sort of can can know what's coming and play a little bit more of that patty cake and be some of the physicality take the physicality to him because it's not always coming from him and I'd like to see a little bit more of that edge this week for the edge rusher down here in Mobile because there's there's some other outside linebacker talent that's down here and and it's interesting that on the North Senior Bowl roster he's the only one that's actually listed as OLB and all the other edge rushers are listed as edges and you've got guys like Joshua Uch from Michigan you've got Jason Stobridge from North Carolina and you know Bradley Anay from Utah there's some real guys even on his own roster that I think can can do some damage and of course the South team has guys as well and so how he stacks up with some of the other edge rushers will be a good comparison point because at Wisconsin he was able to be productive he was able to sort of fit right in he didn't like stand necessarily the whole time above and beyond everybody else but still played well it was it was not a knock on what he was able to do there as well but I'm just sort of seeing you know when you see him side by side with some of these other pass rushers from around college football how does he look and I think that's going to say a lot about where he ends up being taken this draft but no matter how Bond and these guys do during the practices this week, we will have updates for you every single day right here on Locked On Bears. I'll try and get a sense of which players the Bears are meeting with after practice. I've seen some Bear Scouts already just, just around town, out to eat at restaurants, out at the bars. Haven't spotted Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy or anything yet, but I've only been here less than a full day. So we'll have plenty of Chicago Bears and NFL draft talk for you coming up all this week. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Bears to keep up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're definitely going to have some fun this week. I know I'm already having a great time, and we're going to bring that right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it gets you in the NFL draft mood before we turn our attention back to free agency. And at the very least, I hope it leaves you with another opportunity to bear down. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.